0: You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. I am Nick Faribault, I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Work at WbGS Radio Station, and I am an ACC Network production assistant. Folks, we got a good episode today. It is defense-centric. I really have highlighted a lot of the things that defense is doing well, but I want to more so highlight what Pitt did against Virginia Tech that can transfer over to the Clemson game, and more importantly, the biggest thing Pitt needs to do the rest of the year to help them win games. All of that and more coming up on Locked on Pitt. Alright, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Man, it's a it's a big day, you know. Yesterday we talked about the offense and Izzy Abandoned Canada and the rise of Jared Wayne and kind of what was going on there. But today, the defense. And the defense is the biggest topic, I think, that people should be talking about because everyone knows what Kenny Pickett is, knows what Jordan Addison is. We're starting to really figure out what Izzy Abandoned Canada is and what that offense is and they know what the offense is. More importantly... The biggest thing, though, overall, what is the defense? You know, two really strong performances in a row. Three, really, if you count New Hampshire. But not counting New Hampshire against Power 5 teams, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, really good performances. But still, I have my apprehensiveness still. I am not ready yet to crown this defense as really legit. And I hate to say that. I really do hate to say that. Because I want to buy in on them so much. I really do. But you can't just quite yet. And why? I think the biggest reason why I'm still a little bit apprehensive about going full in on Pitt's defense is because I don't think they have faced a good quarterback. Really, to be quite honest, since Caleb Ellaby. And we haven't really seen the ability to be tested by that upper echelon quarterback. I'm not sure they're going to be tested until they face Sam Howe. That's good news for Pitt, of course. You know, DJ Uwe has the talent to be that guy. He hasn't shown to be that guy this year. So there's a few reasons why I, I want to break this down. Why While I'm encouraged by Pitt's progress, they also are built to beat bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks that aren't Great with their accuracy, with pinpoint, decision-making, and overall, just like the LBs of the world, right? You know, the Hendon Hookers of the world. Hooker is a much better passer than I gave him credit for in that Tennessee week. I will be very honest with that. He has proven to me that he can throw the football well down the field and throw it at an accurate clip. The bigger thing, though, is this. Pitt's defense has not faced someone that can beat them consistently outside the hashes since Ellaby. Not not a guy that can beat consistently over the middle of the field with uh, consistent accuracy down the field to create explosive plays. They haven't found that guy yet. I don't, again, again, I don't think they're going to find that guy until the, the Sam Howell, the Brennan Armstrongs in the world. And that could present issues down the line. I'm very scared, actually, about them losing one of those November games. I think that's more realistic. You know, it's not like Clemson's a, uh, obviously Clemson is not just a shoe- in victory and it's not and I'm not gonna act like it is it's a tough game but it's for completely different reasons the defense itself I think the pit defense should be okay in this game you know I I think that Uriaga-Gale has struggled they don't really have a great line the running back room is banged up we'll see if Shipley's back but if he's back how healthy is he that's a question mark. The receivers are really one type of receiver, and they're just the big-bodied guys, which could present issues for Pitt, but also Pitt's been able to defend those guys before, so the question is, more so at that point, well, what's the issue that could arise? And again, I think it's the explosive plays against accurate quarterbacks, because that's the issue of the Pat Narduzzi scheme. You know, you run in into guys that when you leave them on an island, those guys are going to kill you. And... The big reason why I'm more concerned, I think I'm more concerned about Brendan Armstrong than Sam Howell. Not to be, not to say Armstrong's better than Howell, although he, he can make a very good argument he has this year. Um, I think Sam Howell is just gonna get really blown up a lot of times by that pit defensive line, and it's gonna be real hectic for him um, to to really deal with the pressure. Um, but I think that Uyagale doesn't have the same type of magnetism or accuracy down the field yes he's got the great ability to move and, and make that happen but Pitt's defense as a whole has made some adjustments over the middle of the field to take away that quick RPO stuff they are not playing as aggressively downhill the linebackers are playing more disciplined the, the defensive backs are keeping their eyes disciplined on the receivers and not in the backfield you know they're not they didn't miss as many tackles last week which was really encouraging I thought um the tackling was fantastic against Virginia Tech they try to get a lot of their guys in space, and it was just not going. Pitt was playing a really physical, downhill brand of football. I hope that's what we see as the, the year kind of progresses on, but I can't fully buy in until I see them put up a solid performance against someone that's not Braxton Burmeister or Jeff Sims. You know, someone that I can say comfortably, yeah, that's a good ACC quarterback. And again, I don't think that they face one of those until they see Sam Howell. So, Yeah. I'm not going to say that they're legit yet. I think they're very legit run defense-wise. I think they're a better defense. I don't think... I think if you played Western Michigan right now again, I don't think they'd give up 44 points. Um, I think they would give up somewhere in the range of of 30. But still, it's it's like, how high is this team ceiling? And I think that's the the thing. When you look at it, they still give up a few explosive plays. That's going to be something that they're going to do. It's the natural born ability of the Narduzzi scheme, but I just can't quite be on board completely yet until I see them prove it against one of those really good quarterbacks, because you know they will eventually potentially run into one of those guys down the line in the Brandon Armstrongs of the world. That's the biggest thing, but overall, you have to be at least encouraged by what they're doing. They're getting a lot more pressure than they were earlier. The defensive backs are playing disciplined. They tackled well. They're playing physical They didn't give up a lot of big catches. Yeah, they got grabby. Is what it is. Pitt's defensive backs were really good against Virginia Tech. There weren't a lot of opportunities. Even Burmeister didn't play well, but there weren't a lot of opportunities, and I thought that was encouraging. But again, you want to see them legitimately continue to build on it, continue to do it, and then hopefully in one of those November games against Armstrong or Howe, they limit them and prove this defense is here. You just have to limit that. But it's hard to completely buy in just yet but the metrics are good they have a really good red zone defense I think that's really good to see you know Pitt is one of the better red zone defenses in the NCAA right now Um, they're ranked top 15 in, in red zone defense they get off the field on a lot of their third downs so they win conversion downs they win in key areas they bend but don't break a lot of the time Um, in, in the red zone when teams get down there So that's very encouraging. A lot of the peripheral stats look good for this team. Um, I think that they're a really good run defense. I think they've limited explosive plays um, over the past few weeks, which has been good. But still, I think Pitt needs to prove it against one of the better quarterbacks, and that's when I'll fully say yes. This defense is legit, but they are definitely an improving unit. Okay, I do want to talk about the one thing that they have to do, though, regardless of who they are facing, because it is going to, I think, decide... This week's game against Clemson and probably the next two weeks as well against Duke and Miami, folks. But first, let me talk to you guys about PrizePix because PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it and I know you will too. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you may have never even heard of. They offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. So, folks, you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just make sure to use our promo code "Locked On." That's the promo code "Locked On." You can pick two to five players and over/under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times money on any entry. It's just you versus those projected numbers, and they allow for mixed sport entries as well. All right, folks. So, do not hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code "Locked On," or go to your app store and download the app to. Day. Prospects is daily fantasy. Made easy. Alright, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, we need to talk about what Pitts defense needs to do for the rest of the year. We talked about the formula they have, the turnovers. Yes, the turnovers are great. Another turnover this week against Virginia Tech, turning into seven. More often than not, Pitt's going to turn that into seven because that offense is so dynamic, right? It's such a dynamic offense that when you look at it overall, they're going to turn something, a short field, into seven just about 80% of the time, if not more than that. They're that good. The biggest thing, though, I think, when you look at Pitt's defense overall is they really, 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 really have to limit the explosive plays. I think this is this team's number one objective moving forward. Please limit the explosive plays. If you cannot limit the explosive plays, that is where you get in trouble. That's where you got in trouble against Western Michigan. You got in trouble against Tennessee. This is where Pitt gets in in very sticky business, very sticky business, because that can completely take your offense, which is amazing, obviously, and neutralize them, because you're doing the same thing that the other defense is doing, and that's when you get into those shootouts, man, where it can be really, really tough, and it's why Pitt's explosive play differential is only plus 2.67, which, you know, I mean, it's not bad, it's certainly not bad, I mean, that's fourth in the ACC as we stand here today. But it's more because the offense is so good than the defense is so great. They've allowed an explosive play on 12.91% of their plays this year. That's not good enough. It really is not good enough. And this could be the crux of why they might not be great, right? Especially because you're going up against a Clemson team that allows only 622 percent explosive plays on their snaps very very key very key because Clemson's offense has sucked and they still are plus 1.7 in the explosive play rate differential Clemson here is going to limit Pitt's explosive plays offensively and they're going to try and hit a few explosive plays on Pitt and I think that's not just the more important thing this week to watch it's really for the rest of the season when you're facing teams like Duke and facing teams like Miami. We talked about that against Virginia Tech. We can't, You can't allow them to have explosive plays, and for the most part, they didn't. They really only allowed two explosive plays, the, the catch by Trey Turner and then the RPO by Tavian. Uh, I think uh, Demetrius Lofton, um, early in the game there, um, but they, they didn't do much after that. It was really good job by the pit defense to not allow explosive plays, and that's the most encouraging aspect, I think of Pitt's performance on Saturday. Is the explosive plays not being allowed? Honestly, I am really, really, really encouraged by that more than anything overall. If they can limit the explosive plays, and Pitt only allowed two explosive plays against Virginia Tech, that was their season low. That's right, they allowed more explosive plays to New Hampshire and UMass than they did to Virginia Tech. I think that's when I start to buy into the defense. You know, even though they might not play a great quarterback until the Howells and the Armstrongs of the world come to town. This is when you start to buy in. You say, "Yes, they're doing exactly what they need to do. They're limiting explosive plays. The offense is allowed to make explosive plays and run up the score because the defense is limiting them. They're not they're making things hard on def- on offenses. They're not letting them go down the field and get 50 50- yard touchdowns like they were against Western Michigan. They're making the key stops when they need to, and they're stepping up big time in big ways because the explosive play differential is huge in college football. It's huge. Good defenses in college football can allow 28 and win. That's sometimes a really good defense. Yes, you have the elites of the elites, the Georgias, Clemson as well, those guys that don't allow more than 20 points a game. Yeah, those are outliers. They are complete outliers. You should not be expecting your defense to do that. If your defense, though, especially with an offense that's averaging 40-plus points a game and an offense that could probably score 30 on anybody, if you're limiting the explosive plays against you and forcing, you know, you're up by two touchdowns and Pitt's been able to get out to really quick starts here over the past few weeks, if you're up by two touchdowns, well, get this. The more important thing is you can extend that lead, even if, the other team gets a touchdown, you can make them earn it and run time off the clock. While your offense is going to do it quickly or do the same and shoot clock off to get t- to make sure that time doesn't really rack up on your defense. There's ways in which Pitts defense can win while losing because of the offense. And that's kind of a luxury that not many defenses have, but they have that luxury. So they can play aggressive but also disciplined and that's what they've done so far the past two weeks. And I think that's what's been really impressive. You see the growth from Western Michigan through Virginia Tech, even if Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech don't have great offenses. You see the natural growth of the defense and kind of what's going on. And that's what really makes you want to buy into them a lot harder, even when Burmeister and Sims might not be the best quarterbacks. The explosive plays haven't shown up as, a lot. They fixed the tackling. They fixed It seemed they fixed it against virginia tech it was much much better they didn't allow much down the field they played sticky man coverage this was a team that continues to look a lot better a lot more polished on defense the personnel overall is feeling more comfortable you're getting guys that you know were inexperienced getting more game experience and that baptism by fire i think it's starting to show off a little bit and starting to show this is where we are growing This is where we are getting better. I'm starting to really see that, and you're starting to get extremely optimistic, I think, about what the defense's aspirations are overall over the next few games here. Folks, I do, however, want to mention that what Pitt has to do against DJ Iagule is very similar to what they did against Braxton Burmeister in terms of pocket management. But first, I want to let you guys know about Bilt Bar. Because, folks, I'm telling you, BiltBar.com, is great stuff. It's a protein bar, and if you haven't tried by now, you need to try them. They are great tasting, but also healthy. Most of them, you know, protein bars that you can have, and I've had, they they are often just really waxy, and chalky, and they don't taste good. You eat them because you know they're good, but man, you really don't want to eat them, because they don't taste good. Built Bar isn't like that. Pilt Bar is... Tasty and healthy because they are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. You get all of those health benefits while also getting so many good flavors. And there's so many different flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry bar See ya. So this month, folks, Build is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So make sure to check the website often. You do not want to miss out. So go to build.com use the promo code LOCK15. Again, that's the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off on your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Folks, betonline.ag is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They may remain your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus, and that's the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online, where the game starts. <laughs> Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, and I really want to talk about why I think Pitt's biggest challenge, and why they're well equipped to go up against that challenge, might be keeping DJ Galay in the pocket. Listen, this is one thing I think that they have really good experience for. Really good experience. The only rushing quarterback that has really beat this team this year is really Hendon Hooker, and that was week two. They've come so far since that Tennessee game. It's not even funny how much better Pitt's defense, at least, looks on a fundamental level, especially at the front seven compared to when they did when they went down to Knoxville a month ago. When you look at Pitt overall, right, and more importantly, when you look at Pitt's rush lane integrity, I think it's been phenomenal. You saw, you know, Habakkuk Baldonado get that sack on... Saturday, that was about depth awareness. That was about understanding where Braxton Burmeister was going to do. That's understanding his pocket movement, his natural patterns. He loves to roll out, step up, and escape through the back door there, or the front side, back um, on that far end. And Habakkuk Baldwin knew that, and he did a great job of keeping that integrity. You know, I think that's what the pit defensive line did really well on Saturday. They kept Burmeister in the pocket because they were very very disciplined in their rush lanes. They were very aggressive as well, but they were aggressive while also not being too persistent. And that's the more important point. They have a balance of, yes, we can go after them and get that big sack, but we also know when to stay back. We know Braxton Burmeister, for example, can fly. And they held him to nine rushes for 19 yards. And even if you take away the sacks, the stat line isn't great. You know, he wasn't good, really, Braxton Burmeister. Nine rushes for 19 yards, not great. The long of 17. He only gained 37 yards overall on his actual rushes. So Pitt didn't allow much of anything to him. Jeff Sims, 10 rushes for 38 yards. Again. Nothing crazy. And those were rushing quarterbacks that had legitimate ability to run the football and do it at a high level. Burmeister had done it before against Notre Dame and other teams. Sims has done it before. He did it well against Duke. And he also did it extremely well against North Carolina. Not anymore. You know, for Pitt, that's the big thing. They face challenges already. Uwe is a little bit different. And that is true. He's a massive dude. He's 6'4", 250. There's a lot of design QB runs, just like there were with Burmeister and Sims. But when you look at Uyagale, the dude's like a massive guy. And that's the big difference with him. But he can move and boogie a little bit. But he's a guy where you look at his pocket movement integrity, and yeah, he doesn't always feel that rush, man. He's got some issues with that. But he also likes to escape out the back door and try to really extend those plays. You know, as long as he can, think of like Kenny Pickett, except he's not going to run as much. He's going to just run around trying to extend the plays and get to his receivers. That's the thing with DJ Uyagagale that's a little bit interesting is he's not a guy that, quite frankly, is looking to run the ball quite often when he escapes. And they have to make sure that they can keep that rush lane integrity to make sure he can't extend those plays and get it to guys like Ladson, Nada. And, and Justin Ross, um, these very talented players, right? You don't want him to really do that all game because you know how that can beat you and how that can beat you in explicitly bad ways with the explosive plays, for example. And they haven't faced a guy that does that in, in terms of just looking at that. You know, Burmeister run first. Sims, quite frankly, run first. Uwe Agule is not quite like that. But he's similar in that manner, where if you keep that rush lane integrity, you collapse the pocket, the defensive line plays at the high level that they have over the last two weeks, you can see them really get after Uyagale, make his life really hard for him. I think that this defensive line, though, is that X-factor crux for Pitt going into this Clemson game. Because when you look at it, you go and you say, man, Uyagale can run, Uyagale can really Start to get a rhythm going if he starts to run well. But Pitt has done so well at maintaining their rush lane integrity, has done so well at really, more importantly, just keeping it together, being so disciplined, holding the edge strong, playing with good pad level, playing with discipline but not too much aggressiveness. Also, I shouldn't, I can't say it without, you know, I have to say this as well. Just getting their hands up, you know, batting stuff down. It's impressive that they can do that. Way more impressive that they can that they put their hands up and they force quarterbacks to throw over their big mitts as well. Uyagagale fifty-five rush, fifty-six rushes for one hundred eighty-six, two TDs this year. Not great, not great, but you know what he can do. He's got the mobility, and Pitts' defensive line is going to have that ability to, I think, collapse the pocket, keep him in there, force him, if he wants to run, to break a tackle, make a play, have to make it dynamic. You have to make him be dynamic. And that's the more important thing. I think if Pitt can do that, I think they have a really good shot here. Especially because you have Habakkuk Balnola playing so well, Kalaja Kansi playing so well. You know, you hope you have Keyshawn Campbell. See if that is going to be the case on Saturday. He would be a... A huge boost to have. If not, you do have you do have confidence in guys like Bentley and Danielson. But those guys just play so well and have played so well to hold Burmeister, who was so fast and elusive to only 19 yards and 37 yards gained overall, is a fantastic feat. And Charlie Partridge should be really happy of his defensive line group. And I think they are the X-Factors, really, in stopping that DJ Uyagule out-of-structure stuff that could potentially give Clemson a huge lifeline on Sunday. All right, folks, as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we will have a special guest on. We'll preview from Clemson's side of things. Really looking forward to doing that. And before we get out of here, folks, I want to make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Get all your ACC news and analysis in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. Alright folks, thank you for listening, and as always, hail to Pitt.